Hey guys, and welcome to the Moral Minority Show. I'm your host, Joshua Luckett, and I am joined, as always, by our good friend, Kennedy Curley, uh, currently repping a tremendous amount of Dallas wear. No, 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 I'm tripping. So you got North Carolina Yeah, I've got a North Carolina hat, Maverick sweats, sweats, uh, a Stars sweatshirt, and actually underneath it, I'm kind of relaxed, I got an Anna. Yeah, I shouldn't be wearing that, but actually I should because we still can't wear it. I guess you can't wear it, you can't wear it in front of me. You can wear it in your house, that's probably the only time, but we already talked about that, so I'll let you live. Yeah, but but yeah, so he's here with all of his um, wrong opinions on sports teams, (laughs) but right opinions because he's really smart. Um, today we're going to talk about a few, um, interesting kind of combos, um, some not fun, um, I'll, I'll say all not fun ultimately. Um, but no, well, one thing that's like really good, but like still yeah. has some not fun in it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Brittany Griner. Uh, we're going to talk about Mike Leach and his unfortunate passing. And then also we're going to talk about. Christian art, uh, mostly through the vehicle of uh, one of the famed Christian artists, Lecrae. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with Brittany. Mm-hmm. So uh, last week now, right? Last week it happened. It was like a week or two ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we were consistently getting bleak news about Brittany Griner. So for those of y'all who don't know who she is, she is a phenomenal athlete, an Olympic athlete, actually, right? Probably, um, yeah. And uh, played at the University of Baylor mm-hmm. for Kim Mulkey, very famous women's basketball coach. Um, she was a phenomenal player, um, ultimately is still um, continuing her career um, by doing a little bit of play overseas. Um, And there's a reason for that, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh, In her travels, had, remind me what it was. Was it a... Like oil pen. Okay, yeah, 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 kind of a DAP pen type deal. Nine milligrams or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When that was discovered, um, I guess it was considered contraband. I know, I'm assuming weed's just illegal there, Mm -hmm. period, in Russia. and that's a that's an assumption based off the other authoritarian things <laughs> in Russia. But um, ultimately, it led to her arrest and some pretty potential severe um, sentencing. Um, looking at almost nine years, it potentially. Was, yeah, it was like nine years um, at like a Russian camp or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was sounding brutal. And to be honest with you, it was very sad. Like, I just remember, like, just every time I heard the news, I would just think to myself, this is really sad. Like, this is, she, you know, she has a wife. She um, had a beautiful life, you know, as, like, an athlete and a very famed and and well-known athlete um, and good athlete. Um, Very well-known. for the most part, very well liked. Didn't really hear too many of her um, peers in athletics um, have a lot to say about her negatively. Most of the controversy around her was just her being gay and her being kind of a tomboy. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really never did anything to add to the controversy, which is interesting how you can just kind of walk away you can kind of walk around with immutable characteristics and it's controversial. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm gay and I and I dress a certain way and that's controversial. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> so you exist. Oh, okay. Oh, right. uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was the most controversial around her. But so it just made it the whole situation sad. And uh, a couple weeks ago, Um, President Biden was able to negotiate with Russia for a prisoner exchange and uh, and Brittany Griner was free and you know after a lot of we saw we got to see her wife in the public eye for quite some time really fighting that constantly talking to the White House 
Um, a lot of players, of course, rallied around her. Free, you know, free Britney Griner was has been everywhere as a hashtag, and mm-hmm. it's been something a lot of people have been um, just very vocal about. And so it was, it was actually really exciting to mm-hmm. see her come home. There was a video of her on an airplane. I think some guy was like video recording her, asking her how excited she was to be home, and mm-hmm. it, it just really, it, it kind of, it really did my heart something special because I'm just like, I can't imagine like being away from your spouse, wondering if you're gonna be away from them for a decade, right? You know, mm-hmm. and they're they're fighting for you, and then you get to come home. Mm-hmm. You know, a whole nation was kind of behind you, and you get to come home. Most, and so, most of the whole nation, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that. Uh, and so, yeah, just what were some of your thoughts when you saw it? Um, I was happy. I thought that um, you know there were a lot of opinions. I think about whether she deserved the nine years or not. I thought it was ridiculous. I think at worst she should have just been sent back to the United States mm-hmm. as a supporter of legalizing marijuana in the U.S. and really kind of globally, I don't think she deserved anything, but regardless, mm-hmm. if you want to say respect the law, I think that, fine, she should have just been sent back to the U.S., so I was happy when she was freed. Um, respect the law people are always interesting to me because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they always get hit with the obvious conundrum to their statement, but it's, like, it's pretty obvious, like, so respect segregation, mm-hmm. respect Nazism, like, respect... Gen, you know historical genocide like speed limit <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's like yeah there's there's the really trivial like kind of like important but smaller things but then there's like the hey we all know that throughout history there've always been bad laws mm-hmm. and you'd have to have some pretty flat readings of like ancient wisdom and then some pretty bad personal logic to just hold that as like a concrete ethic but i i just had to because i it's just like respect the law and it's like we're going to talk about russia here in a second it's like but they're authoritarian and yeah, yeah. Terrible. that, that, was, you know well, that I mean? was my like, like immediate take of like i remember seeing some of the things you know who was like oh yeah she deserves this or oh yeah you know like a lot of people who i like work with and people you just follow on you know twitter whoever and people who are you know talking uh you know talking heads of you know, more conservative uh, shows mm-hmm. kind of were not kind about any of, you know, mm-hmm. her treatment of like, oh, yeah, don't go to Russia with we. And it's like, OK, it, there's nuance to this of like it. First off, she could have been doing she'd been to Russia before, so she could have been bringing this for all these times. They just didn't know or care. Mm-hmm. Um, or she could have brought it by accident, which is what she had uh, initially said. of Like, oh, I brought it and forgot that it was in my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, like, I just don't really, like, I think simply put, a pen is not worth nine years. I'm sorry. No matter where you go. It Um, it shouldn't even be a a crime. Yeah. And so I was happy to see her get released. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I just, but I, yeah, no, I was happy with it. I think really, I think like for any nonviolent crime and for anybody who is in another country away from their family, away from, you know, their home. Um, over something so small and nonviolent, I think uh, you know, seeing their freedom, <laughs> mm-hmm. like how can you complain about that? That's that was just kind of my first right, day. yeah, same and and uh, and yet you know, but but fundamentalists, but yeah, yeah. white supreme, you know, like yeah. they found a way, and so <laughs> but not God, not, not but God, but yeah. but yeah. fundamentalists, right. but you know, white supreme. Like what? Uh, what were some of the like statements that like continued to like be levied like immediately after her release by our more Mm. conservative brethren um our brothers in christ one of the silly ones i thought was uh it was a bad trade it was a bad trade. (laughs) like it's fantasy football oh yeah and and then we should clarify to remind the audience who was the the uh, the individual that was uh, that was released. I don't remember his name, but he was like nicknamed the Merchant of Death or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been in the United States for fourteen years of a twenty five year sentence for uh, I think it was like I actually can't remember what it was, but it was something to do with uh, weapons dealing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had been in the U.S. <clears throat> we gave him back to Russia and. Uh, 
people were just kind of like, oh, it's a bad trade. Like you're giving them the Merchant of Death, and I'm, I don't know. I just thought that it that was Victor Victor Bout. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I just don't really see it that way. Uh, when, <laughs> like this is not like a. I don't know. I. That's a that's a complicated one because it's like. I don't know. I am I supposed, am I supposed to care about like, what we who we get? I don't know. Like, do you here's, know what I'm saying? Here, here's the simple thing. Here's the simple thing, because like, you know, as a as a socialist, I have a very soft spot for, um, vets. Uh-huh. I I think they're I think they're tools. I think they're used. I think they're, um, manipulated oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, of course, go in. Because of patriotism and kind of the highest form of service that you can give to your country, um, I think a lot of people go in because of like heritage and like my family's always had people in the military. I think a lot of people go in for a lot of noble reasons, but I also think a lot of the military industrial complex is very corrupt and kills a lot of citizens abroad and so on and so forth. And I, I did not look too deeply into this man and what he did and what caused him to be arrested and all, but I think the, I, I think, uh, so I do have a, a sympathetic spot for vets, but also I oh, think, I think you're, sorry, I don't want to cut you. I think you're talking about the, um, the guy, the guy the, that they traded with. Yeah. Yeah. We traded for the Russian, the, we traded the Russian guy. For Brittany Griner, uh huh, and there was that Marine that was left over. I can't remember his name. That's not that Victor is who I'm talking about. Yes, which you're is, talking which about the not Marine, Victor. not Victor. Yes, okay. yeah, I'm I talking just about want the to clarify. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, go yeah, ahead. for sorry, sure. Sorry. So, so I, because <clears throat> I was gonna get to, while I sympathize, mm-hmm. you people who were using him as like, why didn't we, mm-hmm. you know, get him? You were simply weaponizing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't know his name before. Yeah. You know, and like you didn't know his family, you didn't know his stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people did, but like you were simply weaponizing that situation or that narrative with the optics of are we really going to save a pothead before we save a Marine? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, if you want to use those like very like overly simplicated, you know, sim- you know, simplistic like mm. optics, but like that wasn't the situation, that wasn't the scenario, that wasn't, you know, and so it, it, it's it, it's it's malicious and and it's it's kind of bad faith. Yeah, and also I don't know, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me in this. Well. It makes it, it like he. Sh- I don't think he should be there. I think he should be just for the same reasons of I don't think Brittany Griner should have been there. I think she should mm-hmm. have been brought back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Same thing with him. Um, I don't remember what he was um, arrested for while he was there. I think he was accused of like spying or something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, ban him from Russia, send him back to the U.S. Like to me, it's like if you had a kid and your kid was acting out of line at your friend's house or his friend's house or someone else, you know. And, you know, their parent was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we're grounding him here. Like, we're we're going to we're going to take care of this uh, punishment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And as much intercourse as there like, are, we're going to spank this child. For yeah. You. It's like, no, give let me let me deal with it. I don't know. Yeah. As much intercourse as there is between like developed countries, you know, with the United Nations and, you know, the nature of global capitalism and the nature of like, you know, in a sense, even global democracy and different things like that. I'm just like. We've got to have a better system for the people who are incarcerated on other people's land, mm-hmm. and it, it can't just be this this petty arms deal, you know. Like I don't know, right, it's, right. It's like, and, and I'm sure that there are people who are far more knowledgeable on this stuff that know the intricacies of that, and and either why it is the way it is now, or what improvements can be made upon it. That I just have not. Mm-hmm. studied extensively enough to give like deep commentary on it's more so the obvious fact that it like the with your analogy it's very faulty that someone incarcerated on someone else's land just loses all of their citizenship, citizenship yeah. from <laughs> their original country right. you know like and <clears> it's <throat> like yeah i'm sure they do something pretty egregious we need to mm-hmm. like deal with that and maybe it is that they stay there but like there has to be like 
some some rhythms of, of how we handle that mm-hmm. but the, the biggest point here is just look they just didn't Brittany Griner is black uh is gay and even like there's a lot of foolish people who like assume that she's trans like she's a she's actually like a trans woman that used to be a man because of how masculine she you know looks aesthetically and like there's a lot about her that just makes her kind of an easy punching bag for Mm -hmm. more traditionalist fundamentalist types and it's just once again a showing of like it's like bro this is kind of a layup for the right Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and she, um, she hates America. That was the big one. Oh yeah, what what did was she? Did she like? Is she like a kneeler or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah and, that, okay. and I'm pretty sure that was it. Like everyone's like, oh, she hates America. Now she wants America to save her. It's like amazing. I looked up Brittany Griner and hates America. I googled that, and uh, all I could find was that she took a knee. Or no, 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 I don't even think she need. I think she didn't go out for the national anthem. Like she stayed in the locker room. After the so uh, practice Brianna, her first amendment, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor had right. gotten uh, shot in their home or something, and mm-hmm. then she said like a very kind of generic of like, you know, I think we could do better or something, and that's enough to hate America. Yeah, yeah. no, that 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 that, was enough. that is that is the peak <clears throat> transgression mm-hmm. of uh, of patriotism. I, it, it, it's amazing because you're talking about someone. Who I'm like, man, this is kind of a layup. Like, mm-hmm. if you're the if you're the right, who's constantly being accused of being racist, homophobic, mm-hmm. sexist, it's like, dude, just give this one a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Like, she's obviously falsely incarcerated or obviously. inappropriately incarcerated, mm-hmm. certainly excessively incarcerated, mm-hmm. in another country that everyone hates right now. Mm-hmm. Russia's yeah, awful. a country that just invaded. A, yeah, Russia's country awful. like it's World War Two. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, like mm-hmm. they're they're the they're the Nazi Germany right now. You yeah. know, and to an extent, like Russia is awful. Mm-hmm. It's like this is such a thumbs up, layup, easy, like damage control on your image. Like mm-hmm. all the right wing commentators could have come out and said, "What a win for America! We negotiated mm-hmm. to get an American citizen back who was." unjustly arrested mm-hmm. you know and like you know excessively you know being you know charged and you know with with you know excessive time and just like but no we have to find a way to continue to affirm the narrative that everyone thinks about us mm-hmm. that we're racist mm-hmm. and that we're sexist and that we're homophobic and you know what good job guys yep. because i mean literally <laughs> this was this was such a layup like mm-hmm. You you had no reason to not like this. Yeah. You got an American citizen back, mm-hmm. who also was there because mm-hmm. she plays in a sport where she gets underpaid. She's yeah. in the WNBA and gets underpaid, and so mm-hmm. she found you know multiple forms of income. You mm-hmm. know, and like, and let's be honest, as marketable as she is, mm-hmm. she's not as marketable as someone who's you know like. Um, who doesn't carry all of the, I hate to say it like this, but you know, the baggage of like black woman, gay, mm-hmm. you know, you know, m- more, uh, more tomboyish in her presentation. You know, it's like all the things that like, you know, most conservative parents would have to like give the asterisk when they talk to their kids about this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Be like, mom. I want to be like Brittany Garner. Well, babe, you know she. <laughs> and so I'm sure that like messed with her finances a bit and made it mm-hmm. where it's like, oh well, let me go play in a couple leagues or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm speculating. I you know I I I I'm I, I'm assuming she's not as marketable. Maybe she's yeah. turned down well, deals. But I'm more so just saying like, this was such is, a yeah. thumbs up layup to celebrate, and we found a way. Mm. To make it controversial and to make it a, like, ugh, her, we got her back? Oh, yeah, could have yeah. left her there, uh, essentially. Right. They didn't say it to, to that level, but it felt like it. Mm-hmm. It was basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been exactly what they said and it mm-hmm. wouldn't sound any different. But, yeah, the, uh, um, no, yeah, the whole, like, kind of touching on your point of, like, uh, oh, she's in Russia to play basketball because she's underpaid. Um yeah, like you had the whole like the if if 
just even if the NBA, so the WNBA plays, I think, like 30-something basketball games a year. Mm-hmm. NBA plays 82. Um, if it was, like, just even even forget pay, just season length, mm-hmm. um, she wouldn't be in Russia. All right. Like, just season length. But um, pay as well, you know, mm-hmm. you uh, your season cut in half, uh, your salary isn't, you know, really comparable. I don't think even their percentages of uh, player, mm-hmm. owner, uh, profit is... Uh, Mm-hmm. Is the same in their collective bargaining. Could be wrong. Um, so yeah, a lot of them go overseas for the off season, play basketball uh, in different countries, mm-hmm. and play professionally, where they get paid. Uh, I think, I think they get paid pretty well overseas compared comparatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like that's something that you see LeBron going and you know <laughs> to Russia in his off season. Yeah. I know it's LeBron, but like even it's like just like an average like, like Harrison Barnes yeah, or like yeah. mm-hmm. you know um Tim Hardaway, you know like yeah. none of those guys are going anywhere in the off season except back to, you know, wherever their home is yeah. to practice for the next season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. That is part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not yeah, like you said, you're not going to you're not going to see them go to play in another league. Mm. You're you're gonna see them go to work out. You're gonna see them go to mm-hmm. travel. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one's going to Russia right now, but mm. yeah. And 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 just briefly, because I know like it begs the question. Well, um, well the dub well the WNBA has to be have you know less played compensated players because you know like it's not as entertaining as the NBA and all that stuff. And I'm like, look. I, there is a sense in which I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you know, like LeBron mm-hmm. is fiercely more entertaining than anything in the WNBA. But LeBron is also fiercely more entertaining than a third of the NBA, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, like the WNBA does not have the same appeal. But I think it doesn't have the same appeal for two reasons. Reason number one is sociological. I think women... We're already seeing the play in women's sports elevate tremendously, mm-hmm. and that's running parallel with liberation. <laughs> okay, so like the more freedom you give women to express at a young age as girls, whatever they want to express, mm-hmm. whether that be their physique, whether that be their, their devotion, their training, their look, you know, all those things, like... Um, it does. It do, it is going to have an effect on. We're seeing more women dunk. You know, we're seeing more mm-hmm. women do athletic feats that are normally very impressive, even for men, mm-hmm. right? And so that that's that's coming, and and I think that is going to increase compensation as we go along. Mm-hmm. I keep it a buck. I don't watch the USA men's soccer team. Mm-hmm. I just watch the women's because right. they're good. You mm-hmm. know, uh, but like. I think also just like we just don't have interest in a sport that doesn't have a lot of physicality. We're a very violent society and we like mm. physicality. What's the best thing we like in a football game? What's the best thing we like in a basketball game? Mm. You know, someone like violently dunking on someone or mm. like a or huge hit, hit yeah. you know, or like even in NASCAR, unfortunately, we kind of like Rex, you mm. know. And or in so, hockey, it's like the biggest thing is the fight. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so like it's just the WNBA just has a more finesse and more, and it's actually like they kind of play the game of basketball more efficiently mm-hmm. and and with more fundamental structure. Mm-hmm. But like, yes, yeah, it's not gonna be as entertaining. There's not people flying from the free throw line dunking on someone, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's just our society, and mm-hmm. I think I think we can kind of chalk that up to a societal thing and still consider how can we support and market women's sports better because it's not for a lack of talent or great narratives and storylines if you follow some women's sports it's a really entertaining thing you know like it's just do we put enough eyeballs on it as a society do we there's because there's some things that we value as society more than others and um are we willing to allow women to market themselves in a number of ways and this is the last point because i know i could harp on this for a while but like even like there are women at women's athletes who are like very comfortable with like revealing their body and like you know being more um you know 
I don't even want to say sexual because they wouldn't consider it sexual. They're just very, they're just very body positive. And, mm. and like, and then the, then the thing is like, oh, well, they're trying to pull us into watching women's sports, you know, with sex. And it's like, shut up, one. Don't, <laughs> don't act like sex doesn't bring you to a lot of other tables. But then two, <laughs> like, that's not, you're sexualizing her. Mm. A body isn't about sex. It's a body, you know? And so mm. it's like, if a woman decides to brand herself that way as a premier athlete, that's not like flagrant or inappropriate. It, it you know, like it, and so it's like I don't know. There's just a lot there with women's sports and com- and compensation that is really just sociological issues that are showing up in that conversation mm-hmm. more than it is strictly. Oh, the NBA is just that much better because I I don't. As far as an entertainment value, I don't think that's the case personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a gap, but I, like you said, think that women are starting to like they're they're getting into a place where you're seeing more people dunk mm-hmm. from younger ages. You're, I think we're gonna see eventually. I don't know when, but I think eventually we'll see, uh, you know, dunks from the free throw line for women yep. at some point. You know. I think we'll see uh, we'll see a Steph Curry yep. in the women's game. Um, we'll see you know we'll see some you know just like with NBA. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, you know, Michael Jordan's era or Bill Russell's era was just a bunch of plumbers. Yeah. Look at the NBA now. It was we at it was at better Michael Jordan's now. era was athletically trash yeah. compared to this era. Right. So there is development generationally mm-hmm. with athleticism, and I think we're going to see that with women too. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, to, to kind of the Brittany Griner point, we're just not there yet. And so she has to go to Russia mm-hmm. and she wouldn't be in this situation in yeah. if not for those sociological yeah. factors. Yeah, all of that stress, all of that pain, all of that her wife had to go through, mm. that she had to go through. I mean, you could just see the relief mm. in some of the videos since she's been back of just like genuinely like just like. I'm free. It's yeah. over. All of this, you know, like all these conversations, all of this waiting, anxiety, not knowing, being made promises, not knowing what was going to really happen, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that my wife is concerned, you know, all that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah, man, we don't have to say free Britney Grind anymore. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. And, you know, last thing I have to say is just um, a lot of the same people who will spread narratives about gay people or spread narratives about you know people who are you know seeking asylum coming to the united states or people who are taking me you know demonizing people groups are the same people not all the same people but mostly the same people who are saying oh yeah britney griner should still be in russia i think that's pretty telling and that kind of goes back to our point from i think last podcast that we did of pattern behavior this is one of those patterns that unfortunately adds to that behavior. So there's no, there's nothing to be mad about with freeing Brittany Griner, and I'm glad she's back. At all. It's mm-hmm. amazing that that even became Molly. It was funny when it happened that morning. I was like, how is this going to become controversial? Yeah, no, And, and you and knew it, it was, but like, <laughs> you know? I, I, I kind of didn't care until like the next day or two. I'm like, okay, why are people still mad about this? <laughs> I'm celebrating, bro. I'm happy to see a couple reunited mm-hmm. and uh, someone gain freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, briefly, let's talk about Mike Leach, man. Like, mm-hmm. that news just kind of just hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mississippi State head coach um, Mike Leach passed away not this past sunday but the sunday before on uh ooh, i don't know what that date is what's the sunday before this past sunday this past sunday um, was the 18th i think he died on the 11th december the 11th yeah, yeah sure. december 11th. um uh just had a health situation at home went bad got taken straight to medical care and mm-hmm. just was in critical condition all night and the next day passed away and Mike Leach I guess is really only known in the sports world you know mm. but was so much bigger than the sports world like mm. speak speak to some of that uh, he was like I was thinking about this on the drive up here he was not just one of the funniest figures in sports he was like just pure comedy like if you didn't know who he was and you said 
you put a mic in front of him, ask him a football question, and he might start talking about like, uh, I don't know, he'll just talk about life, you know, or it's like Halloween, he'll be like, oh yeah, you know, just start talking about his favorite candy. candy. Yeah. You know? Um, Talk to one reporter about how she shouldn't have a wedding Mm -hmm. to save money, you know, went on this whole tangent. Uh, should elope, save money. He pays his kids like ten thousand. He tried, try, you know, offers them ten thousand. You know, stuff like that. Where it's just like, who the hell is this guy? You know? <laughs> no, and it's like literally, I think it's like a halftime interview. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. nothing to do. No, yeah. With his team, uh-huh. the sport, and just like he and like the, the greatest thing about Mike Leach was just naturally funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, he and you didn't could, have to try. At first you thought like, okay, is he is he just trying to be weird? And you're like, no, like that's just that's just Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that's just Mike. I'm sure that's what yeah. the players say too like, oh, yeah, that's just that's coach, Mike. you know. And yeah. I think one of them um I can't remember who it was, but one of them had admitted to like he and a team. No, no, it was one of it was a player who wasn't a, a player for Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. He was training with someone who was a player of Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, so I'm sorry this um, it's complex, but no, he he was training with one of uh, Mike Leach's old players, and he was talking about like, oh yeah, you know, they either got drunk or high one night and just called Mike Leach, and Mike Leach is like on the phone for an hour, just like, you know, just like, like kind of entertaining, you know, the whole conversation, okay. just like talking to them about life and stuff, and they're I don't know, like it's just like you could tell, like he had that type of connection with uh, his old players, to where even if they were, you know, not like sober, um, you know, he was still. Uh... <laughs> and you know what that says about someone? So this weekend, um, I saw uh, Hall of Fame linebacker Mike Singletary. He's a big um, uh, brand ambassador and um, I guess donor for the job that I work at oh, okay and uh so he was there his wife his kids at this christmas event and uh yeah uh, big time hall of fame yeah. linebacker for the chicago bears is primarily where he spent his career i think he coached a little bit too yeah, he coached a little bit and uh met him and like had a bunch of my kids that uh, the program that i work for like wanted to get a picture with him they recognized him which is actually pretty That's, amazing that is impressive you know? actually i'm talking like freaking 50 Traders, mm, you yeah, know, like, I could barely recognize, <laughs> right? You know, and so I, you know, I was just like, okay, let me, let me, let me try to talk to him and make sure you can get a picture. And like, remarkably gracious, mm-hmm. like immediately was like, oh, please come on, you know, obviously they're why he's mm-hmm. a part of this organization and all that. And I just think about that, like how busy coaching is in right, particular, right. and for him to. Spend an hour talking with his players mm. who are high, who are high yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. Just so gracious with his time, especially because he was a he was a genius. He was a football genius. No, he's a really, yeah. that, that's a part of his legacy that has to be talked about. Was he revolutionized college football? Mm-hmm. College football, you know, like any other sport or art, has transitioned time and time again over time. It was a very run heavy sport. Um, there was almost no passing game in it until like the seventies, mm. you know, and then, and then it was it it, it moved towards a, a balanced sport where you still wanted to run the football very effectively, but also you wanted a passing attack. Mm. But even that still took a long time for teams to be. Dan Marino, what he did with the Miami Dolphins as a quarterback is pathetic compared to what quarterbacks do today. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it looked like he was high flying mm-hmm. you know he was like there Aaron Rodgers right uh, you know and I think I do think Dan Marino was very talented and yes. very worthy of being mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame and all of that but like the NFL or football period across the board high school all the way up to the NFL is like very very pass efficiency like that, that that's just the name of the sport it's like it's almost a pass first sport mm-hmm. and you want to run the ball to maintain balance continue your strategy mm-hmm. of keeping the defense off balance but it's very pass heavy yeah, think Mike Leach. Mm-hmm. The air raid offense is literally—I don't know if his—if it's his creation alone. It's probably a conglomerate of coaches' creation, mm-hmm. but he popularized it, and he went to two schools that had no business winning, three schools that had no mm-hmm. business three, winning yeah. big-time football games, and he at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. he went like eighty-four and forty-three or something like that mm-hmm. wins losses. 
he had a pretty good run at Washington. At Washington State. Washington State. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mississippi State. And I'll say this as a big-time LSU fan. Mm-hmm. Big time. Like, y'all should know this by now. Mike Leach, first SEC game in Baton Rouge against LSU. Now, granted, we hired a terrible defensive coordinator. Ed Orgeron was clearly showing his decay as a football <laughs> coach. All of that. We had opt-outs. It was a COVID year, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Mike Leach had a quarterback that ain't even that good and mm-hmm. is no longer even playing football. So for 600 yards mm-hmm. against LSU, some, some of y'all won't get how massive that number is, how gargantuan that number is. Mm-hmm. But 600 yards That's in a like football game. 300 yards is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 600 is way, like yeah. uh, just exceptional. Yeah. And did that in a conference where you're not even supposed to have quarterbacks have nights like that. You know, the defensive backs are so fast and athletic. And mm-hmm. he was special. Yeah. Mike he Leach was, really was, was special. And, and, and I'm willing to talk about that L. Mm-hmm. I, I retweeted oh, yeah, yeah. that. No, the, the, you know, uh, like because at, the, at this A&M. point, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, because I, I remember him as a great coach, but I also really I remember him more as like he was just so likable that like the rival of his teams still liked him. You know right. what I mean? Like he was yeah. just that type of person. Where um, now I will say, <laughs> one of his players, like, did you see the whole? Uh, the transfer, yeah. and you know what? That player is probably sick, right? Yeah, now. he's he that aged really cool. That I'm sorry, I, I I I actually that was the first thing I thought about. So uh-huh. he had a player who was transferring to another university, and I guess had issues with Mike Leach. Look, you coach long enough, you're gonna have players that don't like you. It's just the way that's the nature of uh, the game. And 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 look, Mike Leach has done some shady stuff. We're not gonna talk about it on this episode, but there has been a couple of moments in his career that were unfortunate. There was a reason he left Texas Tech, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we don't have time to get into that today, but that's a reality. But, mm-hmm. yeah, clearly rubbed the player the wrong way. player was transferring to another university and put normally in a transfer statement, it's normally really PC, mm-hmm. really polite. He totally dissed Mike Leach in his statement, and then like a week later, Mike Leach is dead. So just pray for that guy. I know this is tough. Even if he didn't like Mike Leach, right. that was very public. It was very out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. It was very seen. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Leach passes. Right. So that's awkward. Yeah. Even if he painful. was right, it's still like... And it's a 20-year-old decision. Yeah. That yeah. now is like infamous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But very likable. Very sad to see that news. And also just very sudden. Just kind of a humble... Humble reminder for sure of like reminds you, man. Mm, yeah, that's really good. I love, I love I, that. Is a good thing to bring up right here as we kind of close out on Mike Leach. Is like, yeah, it really is a vapor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he had health problems and mm-hmm. and different things that led to this, but like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You you just you know how you just in your mind you're just like. Yeah, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State is going to be really fun as Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm. to play each other. And and I do want to – but then real quick before I say this next thing. And then, like, yeah, now you're like, oh, wow, that was Mike Leach's last college football game. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, it's not just it because he retired. Like, that's it. Right. And God bless him for beating Ole Miss. As someone who's from Mississippi – that Ole Miss-Mississippi State rivalry, mm. it's, like, smaller because both schools are relatively smaller in mm. the grand scale of, like, national prominence. Bro, there's some real hatred in that rivalry. Mm-hmm. People don't realize. It's, like, real. It's, like, Auburn-Bama hatred. Yeah, well, and I, the, <laughs> I was talking to someone about it. It's, like, there's a different type of class level to the yes. schools, too, of, like, yes. is it where... Ole Miss is kind of a little bit more of the wealthier kind of class and bougie. Mm -hmm. They'll go to games dressed in suits. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Mississippi State where it's like a little bit just more like lower, like working or middle class students. Lower academic standards. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more diverse. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, and then, glad he got that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the common man, mm-hmm. the socialist. Yeah, yeah. Won the egg uh-huh. bowl this past year. Yeah. And I think what was amazing in closing about Mike Leach, 
is how Lane Kiffin talked about him. Mm. For, for those of y'all who don't know Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin is a very bold, honest, mm. aggressively honest yeah. head coach. Sometimes an asshole. Yeah, yeah. To, to, the, to the point where he, he really rides that line really fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, he just has always been very positive about Mike Leach, even in the three years of the two of them being in the midst of that rivalry. And how he spoke about him in his passing, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. Every interview, every every statement, every tweet, I was just like, "Wow, Lane Kiffin really loved Mike Leach," mm-hmm. and that was really that was really sweet. And so, yeah, R.I.P. to a legend, man. Mississippi State is a very important school and rival to LSU. And it's nothing but love for them all off season, and really hope that they fill that void as far as finding a coach. But you never fill that void emotionally, even in his three years down. I'm sure he made such an impact. He won a lot of football games at Mississippi State, which you just don't do. Like it's hard, you know. Like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I just we should be praying for those players and that school as they try to navigate grieving this for quite a while but especially this offseason so for sure god bless mississippi state and um god bless mike leach it's hard to segue into the next topic right but you know with uh I guess we're talking about Lecrae. <laughs> about to talk about Lecrae and art in general. But. Yes, and like I, so <clears> I was, re, I was. You saw the tweet that I, yeah, yeah, he did tweeted. A, a freestyle. Was yes. it kind of like he was the the content of it was like, um, him basically being the ultimate moderate or the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate like don't categorize me. I have no categories. And oh, we'll get he to that always has second. been that way, actually. Yes. You know, a little bit of yes. A, so we'll get to that in a way. second. Let me describe who Lecrae is for those of you who don't know. Lecrae is a pretty famed, uh, uh, prominent Christian artist, Christian rapper, very explicitly Christian rapper and exclusively. And even though he didn't like that term for quite some time, um, there's a reason he was put in the market and space he was put in his mm-hmm. music almost exclusively with some overlap uh connected primarily to uh christian contemporary communities and uh has been through quite a journey mm-hmm. in many ways a positive journey yeah um of kind of breaking away from a lot of fundamentalism mm-hmm. um challenging a lot of white supremacy in the spaces that he's been working in um being very honest about a lot of you know, racism in America mm-hmm. and especially during the the kind of the era of Black Lives Matter from 2012 to 2020. Lecrae was very vocal and uh, in many ways I would even go as far as say very helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think his recent stuff on deconstruction has been very unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And he has come across as very arrogant and even like intentionally dense. Like I, like I feel like a lot of stuff kind of, he has a lot of time and resources to get educated and is choosing not to and is <clears> choosing <throat> to stay at this particular level to articulate things in this particular way. And just briefly, my issue with a recent thing I saw with him is just this fetishization of. I really struggled to get that word out, but boy, it's okay. but we, I, we all know what you're. But saying. we got it out, baby. We got it out. Fetishization. And with with being the uncategorized guy, and like you said, it's kind of been a career thing for him of like. I'm not really a Christian rapper and I'm not really a secular rapper. I'm kind of this like amorphous thing, you uh, know, and I'm just uh, like, bro, or bro, you, you rap. Yeah. That's just it. You rap. And you know what? The reason you get branded as a Christian rapper is because a lot of your stuff sounds like like an evangelical devotional book. You mm-hmm. know, at least it did up until a, a while into his career. And so it's like, and, and basically he had this whole freestyle on Sway in the Morning prominent rap 
mm-hmm. radio show and very legendary um, personality in hip hop, uh, Sway in the Morning, and and uh, just had the same thing of just like I ain't this and I ain't that and my people ain't Catholic and but we this but we and just always this like like don't put me in any boxes and I'm just like bro like it's weird and it's not accurate to your content Mm -hmm. your content is explicitly about something Mm -hmm. and you choose to add a lot of other aspects to it that help its aesthetic Mm -hmm. not be be very unique to anything else that we see in rap so embrace the fact that that gets a category. Right, <laughs> you right. know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I it was kind of funny because he was <laughs> he was uh, so against being called a Christian rapper, but then he'd get like gospel Grammys, <laughs> bro. And and like eat off that, bro. Elvis yeah. got those. Eat like yeah. congratulations. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying like that. You know. Yeah. No, I mean that's a it's a Grammy. Like take that. But yeah, no, I I um I love Lecrae. Like, I've always loved Lecrae. He was kind of the first rapper and for most of my life, the only rapper that I really kind of, like, felt comfortable listening to because you know how evangelicals are, don't listen to that stuff, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and so he was kind of the one where I was like, okay, I like the sound of rap. Um, I want to stay pure. It's kind of a purity culture, um, <laughs> you know, thing of like, oh, okay, I want to listen to Christian music. Um, and so he was the guy who I kind of felt like I could track with him and uh and in many ways uh for me same thing he did uh you know um kind of open me up to some you know challenge some of my views on like racism and um and all of that and and so i respect a lot of his journey too but no yeah lately it was when he really really when he like kind of started saying like oh yeah jesus wasn't progressive or or conservative he was kingdom or something like what does that mean what like Jesus was something, you know what I mean? Um, that honestly, it's one of the more annoying things that anyone ever says. Yeah, I don't because know. yes, I'm not stupid enough to believe that someone from two thousand years ago who lived mm-hmm. in first century Second Temple Palestine mm-hmm. had a political affiliation with political parties and ideals mm-hmm. that did not happen in history until 2000 years mm-hmm. after the time that they were here yeah. 1800 at the least and so i'm like yeah duh jesus was not a republican or a democrat and i get mm-hmm. what he's trying to say jesus was not as conservative as people think or as liberal as people think and i'm like actually stop because like jesus actually lived out a lot of the at at the very least even if you would say that it's not leftist ideals Mm -hmm. he lived out a lot of anti-right-leaning ideals Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah like he was pro-immigrant he was very critical of the rich Mm -hmm. he was very uh racially and ethically inclusive Mm -hmm. he was he challenged a lot of gender and sex stereotypes like Mm -hmm. he certainly had nothing within himself intrinsically that could put him comfortably on fox news Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and so even if you don't go as far as to say him and bernie sanders like line up (laughs) bar for bar Mm -hmm. you would have to say he is the antithesis to everything that encompasses a lot of conservative um, ideology mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and yeah. so, to, so to constantly do this like he wasn't this he wasn't that yeah. what the heck was he because he did have a value system like right, you're saying right yeah. yeah and so yeah I just think that like when you talk about uh, my issue with Lecrae as of late and then I guess you can just say throughout his career that maybe I just didn't care about then but I do now is his kind of pattern of just always wanting to be neutral mm-hmm. that kind of neutral tendency and that a lot of people do that mm-hmm. um but i think probably you and i would be of more of the mindset of pick a side um or name what you believe you know yeah <laughs> like there's a name, name what you, it, believe. you know yeah mm-hmm. um, you can nuance it mm-hmm. you can you can say i'm a progressive who believes in you know 
X, Y, Z. But you can still say like, okay, yeah, I'm generally more progressive. And for whatever reason, he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to do that or, you know, support it. And mm-hmm. it shows up in his music too. Yeah. So. And, and, and I think just an important conversation that I think, you know, like we definitely will go into depth even more in, in other episodes is just like how much that kind of thinking like affects your art. Like, mm. I, I I used to be a really big fan of Lecrae, mm-hmm. and I think that his art has just taken a huge spiral. Like I, I I don't think his last couple of projects have been anything that I am personally very interested in. They're not interesting projects. I, I just I just have to be honest. They're not interesting in the sense of like I think his skill for so long was his ability to lament and to poetically express um, frustration in a way that I just don't think a lot of other just artists across the board have been very good at and it's starting to sound like rambles now because it because it doesn't sound a coherent it, 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 it doesn't sound like it's like the, what are you saying what do you want like before it was clear it was like mm-hmm. more equality for black people you know or like less white supremacy in the hip-hop spaces or mm-hmm. a better understanding of who jesus was and that's not christo fascist like he had very clear like what he was trying to communicate now i'm like bro i don't know what you are mm-hmm. because you won't get in any category like what are you mm-hmm. because the truth is like even jesus had a category ideologically jesus was a pharisee he agreed with them mm-hmm. more theologically than any other theological group in that time period mm-hmm. but he was also compl- incredibly anti-pharisee when it came to their like kind of ultimate interpretation of the law and then how they lived it out but there was kind of a there's an ideological space you can put Jesus in. Mm-hmm. A second temple Jew who was Pharisaic in his understanding of theology and in his understanding of how much the Bible is inspired. And like there's categories to put him in, but you but like so it's like this idea of like constantly evading any box or category is exhausting and it's exhausting to listen to it is and it does bring me to a thought that i'm curious what your thoughts on this are is like one can christians make good art and why does it feel like their art always kind of comes up a little short of their peers and contemporaries in the artistic field from other ideological sects, primarily just secular mm-hmm. people, you know, like yeah, I do. Th- I think Christians can be good at art. I think that the ceiling might be a little lower. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense to their art, uh, but I do think they can be good at art. So like, um, <laughs> and I don't know if this is a great example, but I love Jesus Walks. Kanye. That is a good. Example. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, the, he does cuss a little bit, but, at the, <laughs> but like, so then I say that I say that meaning like you know a lot of Christians might not call it Christian art because he's you know yeah. But yeah, no, I think yeah. it's Christian art. Yeah, it 100%. Um, Lecrae, I think had some good projects in there, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it, you know, like you also had a bunch of projects that you're like, you know, you listen to after the music stops and you're like, okay, why was that big? You know? I know. Um, yeah. And had, I love it. Like, well, I love a couple, it as a classic. It had a couple, like Jesus music actually was kind of ahead of its time uh, in the Christian space sonically and everything. Mm. But like there, so there were a couple of joints on there for sure. But like overall, mm. a lot of the production didn't age well. Yeah. Well, you know? so like I think of, uh, we talked about this I think a while ago, but like uh, the, the song Stand by Eminem, mm-hmm. um, the Lecrae version of that was uh, yeah. praying for you yeah. where he's, you know, talking about this whole journey journey, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. he's really talking about himself at the mm-hmm. end and it kind of had like a similar, uh, you know, arc I felt like to it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, good song, 
but stands like way better just because you're talking about like there's just way more levels that you can go to look how complicated stan is in yes. comparison to praying for you is literally just i'm a struggling yeah. i'm praying for this struggling christian who ends up being myself right stan is like i have this fan uh-huh. who is psychotic right right who for some reason in his craziness loves me mm-hmm. which makes me worry about what am I doing to attract yeah, fans yeah. like this? And there's this buildup of like, he goes from like this devoted fan to like, you begin to see some problems mm-hmm. to like, it gets pretty bad to like, he's murdering his girlfriend, you <laughs> know? Girlfriend. Yeah. 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 And then even Eminem's like, after he has passed, that he doesn't even know that uh-huh. this guy's bad. Like, it's still like, even trying to figure out what is this guy. Uh-huh. It's an incredibly complicated yeah, piece. Yeah. And, it's, and it's awesome. Song. And it's like, and it was at a time where Eminem was kind of building this like cult yeah, fan yeah, base yeah. that true, were true. a bunch of stands, you know, and right. like became a became a saying now in hip hop. Yeah, like, yeah, to be a big fan of something, something is to you be a stand. It's just, and I'm gonna get to why I think Christian art falls up short, but it's just a gargantuan difference between mm-hmm. the two, because one's infinitely more complicated, and one is just like super simplistic. Yeah. And it's fine. It was a good song, but it's there's one that has lived on that's, you know, kind of penetrated vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's like, you know, it just, it really only fits like a, oh, it was a good song on the album, you know? It's cute. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know, for me, I think that when you can make good art, I just think that it's a little more limited when you have to do things by the book mm-hmm. or by a specific set of rules and with you know like everyone wants you to like oh just stick to rapping the gospel and it's like okay well there's only so many ways that you can do that and so lecrae changed it up a little bit and i think that's why he won grammys but at the end of the day like when he compared when you compare his music to the rest of hip-hop like it's the ceiling is lower yeah it it is. that's a great way to say it because it's not it's not like lecrae isn't massively talented yeah i think lecrae could be one of the better hip-hop artists if he was not held back by the chains of yeah evangelicalism and they're pretty self-imposed at this point yeah because he broke away from a lot of fundamentalism Mm -hmm. and it's like bro you don't have to get your checks from there anymore like (laughs) you can garner a big audience and the great thing about hip-hop right now is like really you just build a base Mm -hmm. and you just rock Mm -hmm. and 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 like they they like compensate your career you know like i know a lot of artists who are like not like universally just like oh my gosh everyone loves this person but they they just build a couple of art like you know audiences and like they just kind of flow off that and i just there's so much potential for lecrae and it's sad but i i think he's such an example of just like not only like not only is he kind of annoying but like at this point but like (laughs) The, the the just the drop in the quality of music and, and and this is why like as far as like why christian um art seems to constantly have a ceiling it's not that christians never make good art because they do but there's normally circumstances that lead to them making good art mm-hmm. it's normally about two or three circumstances one it's made for the margins or from the margins mm-hmm. right that's normally where you're going to get the best christian art is like like a lot of stained glass windows Mm. for the margins people couldn't read so we're going to illustrate the bible Mm. so that people can um engage with it um you know from the margins uh the negro spirituals Mm. just bang just like some of the greatest music we've ever had yeah um under the circumstances uh grief normally leads to really good christian art some of the better christian hymns have been made in seasons of extreme grief and and normally Money is another one. If you if it's well financed, you, mm-hmm. you're normally going to get really high quality production and um, uh, kind of and and everyone would look at all those three things and be like, well, Josh, that's any artist. But this is the point I'm going to make here. A liberal worldview. I hate to say it, but you mm-hmm. need it mm-hmm. to make tremendous art because you you're going to make really flat characters and a really predictable and flat storyline if you make things from a non-left perspective because of how simplistic and unacademic your worldview is mm. and i hate to say it like that but have you seen the movie *Inglorious bastards by any chance no 
Okay, well, there's a scene. It's about Hitler and about Nazis and about people who were trying to assassinate Hitler. Mm. It's amazing. In the film, there's a film that the Nazis are watching, mm. and it's like a it's like a really big film. All of them are really excited about it. They're best of their best generals, high level people are getting together to watch this film. Literally, dude, this is the film. It's a guy just killing a bunch of Allied soldiers in a tower and defending his country, and that's it. Mm. That's it. And they go crazy. And Quentin Tarantino, the writer of the movie, is definitely making the point. That's about as good as you're going to get. Now, I clearly just made a parallel between Christians and fascists. And, and, I don't, and, I don't, and I think that that line does get overlapped. And I don't think that it is always the case. But the point I'm making is more right-leaning or even far-right art is very limited into basically just being a propaganda piece. They're just like, here's a worldview, you know, and it's just, it's like an indoctrination thing. Instead of being like a lot of films, contrary to what a lot of right wingers believe, really aren't trying to indoctrinate. They're just a complicated piece, which is some thoughts. Breaking Bad is a great example. It's just a critique on masculinity. But it's like a high-level production, great writing, great show. There's a lot more going on mm-hmm. than whatever the culture cultural critique is. In Christian art, the critique is everything. There's not a lot more going on, mm-hmm. you know? And it makes a lot of music kind of subpar mm-hmm. because you're not coming at it from a lot of sociological depth. So you can't really interact with a lot of people and a lot of their different perspectives and ideas because you don't really know about a lot of people and their different perspectives and ideas and and also like you always feel like you have to uh you have to proselytize you know in any christian art piece right you know it's 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 just like I, i i could go on another 30 minutes of all my critiques but it just you just can't make a Game of Thrones or like, a, and, and I know people are going to push back with like, well, Lord of the Rings or mm-hmm. Narnia. And I'm like, also, let's look at the type of Christians that J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were. Still very problematic in some ways, but ultimately like much more imaginative and like, like more intricate thinkers, you know? And so that's just my thing. I, I, you, you're just going to have a lot of limits in your art when it really just comes down to being a propaganda piece instead of being a complicated film that just deals with a lot of different sociological realities, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. peace, you know, not just film, but just peace. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> no, I think you put it pretty well. I think the, like, I'm trying to think, what was that? Oh, God's not dead. Um, yeah. was just a movie about, a. <laughs> everyone was a flat character in that movie. Yeah. Well, Every single character I've heard that story, character. you know, in pretty much any other, it's not exactly the same story, but it's basically the same story as like um, I'm trying to think. There was a, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, there was something about a, a firefighter. Oh, you know what I'm fireproof. Fireproof. Yeah. Uh, or, or or it may have been courageous. I mean, they're yeah. all. It's the same story. Just propaganda because films. it's yeah. all about how do we? Uh, it, the the point of the art is to evangelize to the audience rather than mm. just to create a really like. High production piece really good story. that yeah. tells stories within it, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We could go on that forever, but I, I just, I think, I think Lecrae is really limited, limiting himself still in his art. Mm-hmm. I think also a lot of his neutrality stuff is really, and don't give me a category stuff is really annoying, mm-hmm. but I think it leads to a broader conversation of like the level of like decay in Christian art and continuing decay because I Mm. I think we've had really good seasons of it and I think we're in kind of a really bad season of it Mm. right now but I but I do want to just briefly a lot of Christians make art in secret with really high imagination really intricate and sophisticated Mm. thought and it's really dope I I also do want to say I do want to make sure that's communicated I I think Lecrae as of late and probably early on wasn't making like the best art but I do think he had some pieces like the whole um, what are he the Miles Morales music um, you know what I'm talking about the he had two songs that went on the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man video game which one uh, hold on 
I gotta find it. But I mean, the church close series was pretty tough. Yeah, no, he Until had, this he had last some one. good songs. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. you know, I, mm-hmm. I think that like no, I'm, I'm with you. He he, I wasn't a fan for no reason. Right, right, right. You no, know? I'm just saying, like you know, as far as uh, oh, this is my time. Yeah, that was the only song. That, there, no, there were two songs. I can't remember the other one. But no, basically, I, he's I my synopsis, my whole summary is I think Christians can make good art. They just it's when you tie it specifically to Christianity or evangelicalism, I think that's when you limit it. Yeah. This is my thought. That's the show, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great combos. Uh, an interesting kind of like. From mm-hmm. Griner to Leech to Lecrae mm-hmm. to Christian Art, we we took an interesting road here, but but uh, hopefully it was a fun road. Hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> um, excited to keep going on this journey of thinking through theology and culture and pop culture and politics and everything through a minority lens. Uh, of course, continue to join us if you have any questions or thoughts. Please email us at the Moral Minority Show at gmail.com and uh, hit us up on social media. Um, we're there a lot, even on Twitter. May not last too much longer, but we're there. Um, and so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll hang out with you again soon. Sound good. See y'all later. <laughs>